Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, that's, that's okay, but I think you can do better than that. Come on. Emmy, come on. Well, good. I just, you know, I just, I want to start the service off. If it was an LSU game or a Saints game, in fact, look, if Drew Brees walked up in the house, people would go, ah, Brees, baby. If Leonard Fournette walked up in there, everybody would be going, can I get your autograph, Heisman, man? Come on. But it's amazing. I don't want to start off church like you look like wooden Indians. How am I talking about? You know, I tell you what, you know who walked in the house this morning? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When he walks up in the house, we need to give him honor. We need to give him respect. We need to not be ashamed of the gospel, amen? We don't need to be afraid of what people think. I've seen people, listen, I went to Disney World. I've seen people melt down and lose it. You know, just melt down with their children. You know what I'm saying? But I've also seen people go places and they're just so excited. I mean, like a little kid. I mean, I remember the first time I got my new bike. My first bike when I was seven years, a brand new bike. Right? Seven years old with a banana seat and a slick tire. That ages me. But I just I remember, I didn't care what people thought. I'd go, oh, mom, dad, I'm that kind of person. So, okay. So how many of you excited about the Lord this morning? All right. All right. LSU did win, and y'all need to pray for the saints. So anyway. But I just want to welcome you back. This is the last part of the series we've been doing. We've been talking about, you asked for it. And so what we did is, a couple months ago, Pastor Josh asked you to do a survey. He said, what are the things, what are the topics that you would like us to talk about? And so we took those, and I know Pastor Josh has done a great job. Come on, y'all give it up, Pastor Josh. And so... This morning, I just feel privileged to kind of come. And I started the series, and I'm coming to put a bow on it. Is that all right? And uh, so I just want to welcome you back. And then, I, I, you know, I just, this, ma- this message is going to be challenging because, and it's not going to necessarily speak to all of you, but I, I pray that I prepared it in such a way today that God speaks to you about this. Because we're going to talk about biblical parenting. See, I, I knew you'd get excited. You asked for it. I didn't ask for it. Y'all asked for it. And we talked about parenting. And so what I want to do is the truth in order to teach about parenting, I need to do a 17-week a series on parenting. How many of you are talking about? How many of you got kids? All right. You know, you, so how many of you had that motto, I brought you to this world, I can take you out too. You know what I'm talking about? All right. But what happens is what I want to do is if you've learned any, if I've learned anything about parenting, and my wife and I, Tracy, we have six children. It takes work. Lots of hard work. And it doesn't matter if you have one, because if you have one, if you have one, you can play two-on-one. If you got two, you can play one-on-one. If you have three, there's zone. If you have six, there's always somebody doing something you don't know. And so, but today, it doesn't, I know that it doesn't happen by accident to have to be, you know, accidentally to be parent, be a good parent or try to do, try to parent well, it, ta- it happens intentionally. There's a scripture in Proverbs and it says it, it takes wisdom to have a good family. And this is what it says. And it takes understanding to make it strong in Proverbs. And see, to set the stage of parenting, I want to talk to you. Let me just show you some different kind of styles of parenting. First, there's a, uh, the, uh, art- uh, how do you say it? Let's see. Uh, uh, authoritarian. Thank you, baby, for helping me. The authoritarian way of parenting. That's where you look at your children, do it or else. You know? And, and the goal is obedience. But they, they, the view of success in that kind of parenting is you're going to have good behavior. It, it, if, if you don't listen to them, I'll beat it out of you and you're going to have good behavior. The second kind of uh, parenting is permissive parenting. That's where the goal of it is your kids are like you. It doesn't matter if they do something stupid or mischief kind of thing. Or they, they misbehave. And misbehavior is called, oh, look how cute. He burned his G.I. Joe's arm off. You know, 10 years from there, he goes, he burned our house down. Where is he? I'm going to kill it, man, you know. It's not cute anymore. It has a belief that kids are by, by nature just good. And then they have what I want to talk about this morning is biblical parenting. It's the style that trains the heart. 
How many of you know God's always after the heart? If you look at the scripture, the Bible says that king's hearts are in God's hands. If you look through Proverbs, it talks about, uh, Solomon talks about the heart of man. Jesus talks about the heart of man. You know, if you look through the scripture, God is always after the heart. When God came to Cain and Abel and he says, you know, Cain sins crouching at your door. Get a grip. In other words, check your heart. Check your heart. The Bible says, who can know your own heart? The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God knows it. How many of you know, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you can hide from people, but you can't hide from God. God sees. God sees everything. And see, this is the only verse that describes Jesus' life from the age of 12 to, to, to age 30. And I, this is the text that I want to use about biblical parenting. And it's not just about parenting. It's really about your heart. And see, the first, what I want to do, it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So what he, Jesus grew in what? What does it say? Jesus grew in what? Okay, grew in wisdom and what? Stature. And he found favor with who? And with who else? With man. And so this verse has become the approach of how we invest in our kids. Here at OSC, our OSC dream team for our children, our, our dream team, they're praying. You know what? They're not just waiting for you to bring your extra diapers so they can poo-poo in their diapers and change them for you and be a blessing. They're not coming. You're not coming to drop them off and get, we're going to give them red Kool-Aid and they're going to be bouncing up the walls when you bring them home and give them fishies, you know, to constipate them. You know what I'm saying? We come, when the, when the dream teams comes, and there's some here this morning because they served in the first service and they're here in the second service to hear the message. You know what they do? They're praying over those rooms. They're praying over those cribs. They're praying. They're preparing for those children. I dropped off my 12-year-old this morning so he could do a life group with the kids his age. That's awesome to me. And so I just want you to say that they're using God's word, and that's what we have life groups about, and it's connecting with someone in, in their group. If you, if you haven't hugged the OSC kid worker, some of them are wearing orange shirts this morning and they're in the back. Give them a hug today and tell them you appreciate what they do and they're praying over your children and they're ministering to them. Amen? Somebody, can y'all just give it up for them? Come on, give it up. Come on, y'all gonna get it. We're gonna finish here. So Jesus grew in first thing, he grew in wisdom. Wisdom is more than just book knowledge. Okay, we, you know, what you teach, what we teach our kids, what we want to teach our kids, we want them to fear God. That means you go around the room and it's dark and you go, boo, and they go, ah! I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about. Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many of you know before you knew the Lord, you didn't have a lot of wisdom? Any takers? Okay. And, you know, and it says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is to get understanding. As you understand, see, when, when we come, I didn't understand this Bible when I first got saved, okay? I just didn't understand it. It was a little confusing to me because my mother was Methodist, my dad was Baptist, his mama was Jehovah's Witness, my mama's mama was charismatic, my mama left my dad and married another man, he was Catholic. So I didn't need religion, I needed out of my state of confusion, okay? But I did know one thing. In Catholic school, I learned that the red letters were Jesus' words. I learned that. Okay? Okay? And, then, and, and, and so I, I've been around. Okay? I went to Catholic school. I went to Episcopal school. I got kicked out of Catholic school. Went back to public school. Then my mom got tired of me going there. And she sent me back to Catholic school. And I barely made it through. But I made it. Okay? Praise God. But it's, see, I've learned this. Whatever you're critical of, you'll never reach. Some people are, are criticizing more than they're praying. Some people are criticizing more than they're doing anything. If, you know what? And I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But we're here. Proverbs chapter 34 says, Come, my children, listen to me. Women that sound like your husband? Honey, listen to me. Amen. I got any take? I'm trying to help you women out. All right? It says, Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We want to honor God with our family. We want to have a healthy fear and respect for the Lord. So here's it. Now, you got to do this. Accept the Bible. You have to learn to accept the Bible as our manual for living. You know, when I take this Bible, you know what I'm talking about this Bible? It's so practical. I've heard people go, you know, it's so confusing. I don't understand. Well, it's, it's like this. Until you know the person of this book, 
It might not make sense. But let me just say, I know Tracy. And you know what? In my attic, there's some letters that we used to, there's real letters that we used to write before they had these. Okay? In order for me to make a phone call, I had to use a pay phone. That's where you put coins into a, it's, we really lived, you know what I'm talking about? We had to put coins into a phone. And when you got, when you got there, the operator would go, that would be 345. And you have to, and you have five minutes. And it would come on and you go, you have one minute left. And if you want to have more minutes, you need to put more change. So, I mean, when I would, we were dating, we were engaged, we were in the ministry, and she'd be like in California, and I would be like in, in, in Detroit. So we just, and so we did a lot of letter writing. I'm coming to the point, I know where I'm going, I, you know, I, I can say stories and stuff, but, but what happened, I remember, but what happens is, if I open that box that's in my attic somewhere, and we haven't thrown it away, there's letters that I wrote her and then she wrote me. And when I used to get those letters, you know what? I, I mean, it was like, whew, get a letter from J.C., it made, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? It's like kind of getting an email that's been kind of, how can I say it, fermenting for a while. You know what fermenting is? Anybody under 20 know, know what fermenting is? Any, okay. It's just been sitting there a while. How many of you have ever anticipated getting something in UPS or, or FedEx and it, and it can't get there fast enough? Are you know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. So I remember those letters. They would do something to me. But if you got that letter, you go, that's stupid. You know, we had nicknames. You let me tell you what my nickname is? No, can I tell them what my nickname is? I'm not going to tell you what her, her nickname is. We had these codes, and we still do it, even to this day. She would have my nickname. My nickname was Bubba Duck, because I like the duck hunt, all right? And hers is, no, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, so... As a Tamron when Dermot, she, as a, a, you know, she like, you know, just Bubba Duck, you know. She even sang a song one time. Can I sing the song? You said? No, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But anyway, I don't want to, you know. That's on Pastor Bubba's 10 greatest hits. But anyway. You got to accept the Bible as your manual. When you get to know the person of the Bible, you become intimate with him. And all of a sudden, when you become intimate with someone, you want to read the letters and the words that he has for you and me because it can help you to be a better person. It can help you be a better person. How can you be a better wife, a better husband, it can better, a better child? It can help you be how to approach authority when it comes to you. It teaches you how to be a businessman. It teaches you how to save money. Come on. All in this book right here. See, we want to honor God with our family. You've got to accept that. And one of the things that, I look, that I've looked at, and I want, you to, I want to show you a statistic this morning, and so you kind of see this. Between the years of, if you were born between the years of 1927 to 1945, you're called the generation of builders. And that generation, 65% of those people, their life was based, has a biblical base in it. Okay? They know right from wrong. There's no colors and lies. That, you know, 65% of those people, if you were born in that generation, you know what? 65% of you. Then the next is called the boomers, which is my generation. People that were born between 1946 and 1964. Look at that. From 65% to 35% that we have a Bible-based believers. Then you go to the next generation that were born from 1965 to 83. That's a 16% Bible-based believers. Then we have the next, which is called the Bridgers. And the Bridgers are right from 1984 to present. That's 4% based on Bible, Bible beliefs. Okay, so then you think about it. Who's in control right now? Our current nation is led by boomers, my age. Okay, President Barack Obama's in that... Uh, most congressmen, most governors, most people are in the boomer generation right now. They come out of that generation. After World War II, you know, they had lots of babies. You know, they've been in war and they were going, I hadn't seen mom in a long time. Anyway, so, in, and so you figure it out. And what happened is, in that generation, you know, we look at it today. Can you imagine, think about it. If we see the mess that we're in right now, I was talking to my mother who's 73 yesterday and she was, we were just talking and she had the news on and she goes, you know, I've never seen our country in the mess, I've never seen our country in 73 years. Now she didn't remember all 73 years, but she's in 73 years, I've never seen our country in this kind of mess, whatever. Now you think about it, if, 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 if the people that have a 35% Bible-based belief in their life are running the country, what do you think it's going to look like when the 4% gets there? 
But let me just give you hope. I believe that God can bring revival. I believe that God can change the hearts of people. But let me tell you something. It can't happen unless, listen, and for all you busters that are here this morning, your parents now. Your parents. And even in, in the Bridgers, your par- some of you are parents. And this is what I want to talk to you about. That's why I think it's so important that we have a biblical, we have a biblical, estab- we establish a biblical view of what parenting is all about. Because it's not about if my kids like me. There's some days they like me when I get them nice treats. There's other days when they don't like me when I got to stand for truth. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You know, so how do we do this? Deuteronomy says it like this. Let's go to what the Bible. These commands that I give you today are upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. And it says, talk about them. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up, get God's word in your kids' hearts. Amen? Guard, and you see, you got to guard their minds. One of the things we do at our, at our home a lot of nights, not every night, but a lot of nights. I mean, Tracy and I do pray for our children before they go to bed at night. We pray over them. We pray God's favor. We, we, we share with them. We talk with them. We, whatever. But at dinner time, many times, it's a foreign thing for some parents nowadays, for some kids. Just dinner time. It really is. I asked Luke and Livy, all the friends y'all play with, do they ever do dinner at their house? No, mom, dad, they don't do dinner. They don't sit down and just do dinner. And we do. And, you know, one of the things that we play is we play the Bible game. And it's not my, they want to play it. I don't, you know, sometimes I get tired of it, Bible game. And so we've done it so long, Tracy and I have done it with them so long, we have to read the Bible more to under, find, find new things to ask them. You know, and sometimes, and so they'll go, you know, you know, we just do that. And what are we doing? We're trying to get God's principles not just his word, but a biblical worldview into their own heart. Are you hearing me? You know, the, one of the greatest times that you can have with your children, parents, is when you're laying them at, at, at bed at night, and sometimes they share their heart with you. Don't be quick to put them in bed all the time. Because sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm good. There's a good football game on. Good night. I love you. Jesus be with you. The favor of God. God, the blessings, the full counsel of God be with you. God bless you. Amen. And Tracy would go, that wasn't very long, baby. I, I blessed them. But see, I've learned this. You got to learn to guard their minds. By the time kids are 18 years old, on TV alone, think about this. They see over 100,000 sexual encounters. 91% of sexual encounters are out of wedlock or out of marriage that they see. They'll see 8,000 acts of violence every year. That's why it's so important. The Bible says, you know, to guard your heart. David said, I, I, he, he talked about he, he guarded his heart that he wouldn't sin against the Lord. He was careful what he allowed in his mind. Because let me tell you something. We all have gates, okay? Look at me. You have an eye gate to see with. You have an ear gate to listen to. And you've got a mouth gate that can, you can open up yourself. Be careful what you let in here and what you see because it will eventually come out of here. Amen. All right. And so what happens, Psalm says, I will set my eyes on no vile thing. David, who wrote that psalm, think about it. The same guy, the Bible that says he was a man after God's own heart. Why would he write a verse like that? You know why? Because he saw in his own life, he saw the corruptibleness in his own heart. You know the story of him and Bathsheba. He looked outside. It was like watching TV at night when you shouldn't be watching things or seeing things. And you're by yourself and he's watching it. And he's allowing that to, his eye gates to begin to think about it, dwell upon it in his mind. And he begins to act out what he had been entertaining in his mind. And so David comes and he said, if you want your kids to grow in wisdom, you need to, you need to know that everything, you need to know everything they're looking at. Look at me. Everything they're looking at and everything they're listening to. Hello, amen? Do you know what they're looking at? Well, my kid's five. He's watching Dora. Dora, Dora. I mean, you know, I mean. That's easy. But can I just tell you something? It's worth the fight sometimes. Because to do that, you're going to have to fight. Come on. It's not about, it's not about, you, and you got to pick your battles, okay? Some battles aren't worth fighting as long as you win the war in the end. Amen? You got to be wise. And so what happens is, you know, this is a fight worth fighting. The second thing, so Jesus grew in wisdom. How many of you know that you and I need to grow in wisdom as parents? The second thing he did, he grew in stature. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean Jesus grew. He, he just, he did the, he did, 
that didn't mean Jesus ate right and he exercised right and he had a good posture. That's not what it's saying, that he had good in stature. What it means is I think he grew up and he found his purpose why he was here on earth and what he was here for. And see, let me tell you something. Every one of our children, just like us, are looking for their purpose in life. Amen? See, this doesn't mean, you know, access is like, this is Paul speaking. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. You know, I could stand on this stage and I, and I could talk, I could preach against sex, drugs, alcohol, or I can redirect hearts to something that is better than all of that. I'm convinced young people need purpose in their life. Amen? Okay, I'm going to do a survey this morning. How many of you have ever smoked marijuana? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Don't, don't, if your mom is finding out, it'd be a good time to say, Mama, I've done it. And then raise your hand. Okay? Okay, how many of you smoke? Come on, let's look. How many of you, how many, how many of y'all dabbled in other drugs? Come on, just raise your hand. Okay? How many of y'all drank alcohol before? All right. How many of you? No, we all been nasty, so let's not even go there. Okay, so guess what? The Bible says that, that we've all fallen short of the glory. Uh, come on, we've all fallen short, amen? Isn't it good to be in around a bunch of people that are hoodlums and ex whatever? Come on. All right? And see, that's the whole purpose of the gospel. It's good news for us that we're doing, you, know, you want to hit it is? It's good stuff. But can I tell you something? When you get a hit of this, and you found out how good stuff this is, you go, come in, what, drugs? Shoot, man, you can't drag me anywhere you're going anymore. I mean, the power that I have in me is greater than any drugs. The high that I get, I serve the most high. Come on. Man, I don't need to go get high anymore. I got the most high living in my life. I don't have to put on a mask anymore to be someone that I had to be that no one really liked, and I didn't like it myself. You understand? And when I come to serve God, it's like all of a sudden, God gives me a little wisdom. He gives me stature. I begin to go, you know what? I begin to find purpose. This isn't my purpose, to be someone that I'm not. The best Bubba McCann is standing right here on the stage. Amen? The best whoever you are is sitting right there in that chair, and you can go and be what you, God has called you to be and intended you to be. Amen? If it's a nurse, all of us are ministers of the gospel. Because let me just tell you something. There's five gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And most people don't read those, but they'll always read you. You're the fifth gospel. People will read you. People are watching. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You ever have someone, I've been watching you. You have? Yeah. You got that God thing. I mean, you don't just play, you know. You pay. You see, I believe this. Our job as parents and our job as examples to the next generation, help them discover their purpose. Amen? See, this is why Next Step, that's why we do Next Step in our church. If you want to be a member, we do Next Step. We want to help you and your kids find your purpose in life. That's what it's designed for. It's not just designed to be a member. We want you to find your God-given purpose and what God's called you to be, what God's called you to do, and what your responsibility as a Christian is. Not a member of a church, but as a Christian. Are you hearing me? Some churches are more concerned about keeping you there. My job, look, you know, can I tell you something? I, I, I believe this. If God called you here, God will call you to leave. And if God called you to leave, we'll bless you. And if we bless you, and we've done that with many people. And I'm not talking to me, I got tired of it. You, you and Pastor Josh, y'all preach too long. Y'all do this. And, you know, I don't like the stories you tell. And then, you know, I missed the buffet line at the Mexican restaurant. And, well, you needed to miss a few. You see, I believe this is that, I believe there's, you know, we need to discover that. And see, pray for God's favor on, on your kids' lives. I do that every day. God, I pray the favor of God over Olivia that's not even fair. I pray, God, the favor. And I love it when she comes home or Luke comes home. Dad, you're not going to believe. I got so-and-so and I go, you see, the favor of God was with you. <laughs> that's right. You know what my prayer is? The favor of God just get on your life. And God just bless you with things that aren't even fair to anybody else. Thanks for those three claps. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. You know, pray for God's favor. Psalm says it like, surely, 
Lord, you bless the righteous. And look what it says. Surround them with your favor as with a shield. Man, I want the favor of God on my life as a shield. Amen? You see, if there's one thing that will keep your kids from their purpose, it's choosing wrong friends. How many of you you had some friends you shouldn't have hung out with? How many had some friends your mama said, you ain't playing with so-and-so? I remember mine was Jay Duyon. My mama would go, what? Where are you going? I'm going to Jay's house. You ain't going to play with Jay Duyon today. Mama, you all, he, he's trouble. Listen, Jay wasn't trouble. I was influencing him. But I just blamed everything on Jay. You know what I'm talking about? You need someone to blame it on. Hey, mama, that Jay, he pulled that joint out. Jay, Mama Jay, he, did, he, he knocked that guy off his bike with a fire extinguisher that we stole from the thing. And you know what I mean? Just, I'm not giving anybody ideas anyway. And I remember Mama go, you, ain't, you can go play with anybody, but you can't play with Jay Duyon. And then what, you know what I mean? And, and his parents, you know, there's kids that you, you, you just don't want your kids hanging out with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's not about the color of their skin. It's not what side of the tracks they come from or the side of the river they come from. It's the influence that they have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, it's crazy because Jay Duyon now, I mean, I'm a pastor, and now he's flying around. He's a private pilot. He flies one of the richest men. He's a billionaire. He's his private pilot. So anyway, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? And so it's crazy to me. If there's one thing that will keep your kids from their purpose. It's just the wrong friends. Choose relationships carefully. Don't let them pick their own friends. Why? I remember they had one little girl that was liking one of my sons when he was like fifth or sixth grade. And I think my wife intercepted one of the messages and she was going, I love you. Love you? Fifth grade? Fifth grade? I mean, when I was in seventh grade, that's when we passed notes. Do you like me? Put a check if you like me. Maybe... Or no. No, you'd race out, no, maybe, or yes. And they'd send it back through a friend, and they'd go, and if your teacher got it, that was bad, all right? Well, but stand in front of the class. Does Marilyn like you? I don't know. She, I didn't get to know. You got what she say, you know? <laughs> I'll just say this. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The Bible says a, com- a, com- a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, the next thing. So God, God wants us to grow. Jesus' example to us as we personally grow and steward our own hearts. But as we become parents, is first we need to all grow in wisdom. We all need to grow in stature. And then we all need to have favor with man. What does that mean, Pat? I know, if I, if, if, I know this. If you learn to treat people right, you will go far in life. I know people that don't have a lot of mathematic skills. I know a lot of people don't have a lot of other skills, but they have people skills. And those people skills get them in places they would normally not get into. Are you, talk, you know what I'm talking about? They just have people skills. Philippians says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others, I like what it says, better than yourself. Better than yourself others before me, always thinking of others. One of our mottos in our church that we, we've prayed for is like, God, give us the people that no one wants. Because we know that if we love the people that no one wants in our community, then one day God will give us the people that everybody wants. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so God, the Bible says God's no respecter of persons. The thing I love about Jesus, he was accused of hanging around sinners and drunkards and people that were smoking dope. And that would be, you know, you know what I mean? People that were nasty and all those different things. Because guess what? We all start somewhere. But that doesn't mean when we come to Jesus that we stay where we started. Amen? Amen. And so that's our desire is that when you come here, that we have a few people skills when you walk in the house. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been to some churches and they look at you and you walk in and, you, and they look at you and go. And you go, I ain't coming back. I already made my mind. In fact, I might not even go into the sanctuary. There's sometimes when you've been around, I've, I've been in churches where they're just mean. You know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. But 
I mean, and I've been other places where they just, they just love hurting people. I've been in other places where they just like to fight. But they're fighting for all the wrong things. Amen? They're fighting for their chair. They're fighting for their spot. But you know what? I want to go before the throne room of God and find a spot where I can go, God, help me. Take away my pride, my anger, my indecision. God, help me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to be, God, I want to be concerned about people. You know what I prayed for this morning? I said, God, give me a word. Someone asked me, is Pastor Bubba, are, are, you, are you preaching? I go, no, Jesus is preaching. If he's bringing it, I'm flinging it. So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying, he's bringing it. I just want to fling what he's bringing. Amen? So you'll get that later. But here's this. The one thing that we need to work on with our children and in order to have favor with man is you need to learn to be an honest person. Yeah, baby. I don't expect perfection from my kids. Thank you. Got to, been having a cold. Excuse me. You know, I don't expect perfection, but I do expect them to be honest. Amen? Amen? I love all these amens I'm getting this morning. God doesn't just desire truth. You know what? God, God desires truth. But you know what? If, if you will be honest, let me tell you what God, what God will do. If you're honest, God will give you grace. What does that mean? Grace means this. Look at me. It's the power you don't have in yourself. It's God's ability to do something you couldn't do on your own. And God breathes on you to allow you to do what you couldn't do by yourself. Amen? You see, we wanna, we, what we do is we go grace, grace with no responsibility. Oh, grace, grace, grace. That's all right. God wants to give you grace, but you've got to learn to live in truth. You can't go around criticizing people more than you're praying and more than you're wanting to tell the truth and expect God to come and visit you. Amen? Amen. The Bible says God resists the, the, the proud but gives grace to the humble. What does that mean? That your opinion is greater than God's opinion. See, when we look at people some time ago, well, I, you, know, you know who they are. Man, man. Your opinion is greater than God's opinion of them. God looks at them because, see, you just see the outside. God sees what's going on in the inside of that person, and you don't know what they're crying out for. Like Tracy prayed, I don't know what someone's going, what's going on in someone's heart. I don't know what they've walked through. I don't know what they're facing at this moment, but I know this. If I ask God, God, help me to be in tune with you, he may give me some insight to be able to minister, or just to love. Sometimes someone needs, you know what some people need sometimes? Look at me. Just a hug. I've talked to people that grew up and no one in their family ever told them that they loved them. This is, this is, I never had anybody look at me and go, I love you. And really mean it. Not to get something out of you or from you, but just say, I love you. With no strings attached. You see, God desires that. You know what God also desires? If we're going to go in favor with men, honor. That we honor people. That we honor things. We respect. Let's, let me, I'm just going to say something. I'll just say this. I don't care what your political background is, what you believe or If President Barack Obama walked into, if you voted for him or not, or what your opinion is, he still has to be honored as the president of the United States. And he has due respect for the office. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If he walked in, it'd be just like this. And for you, some of you younger LSU fans, if Leonard Fournette walked up in the house, people, I mean, I know five, he'd be jumping out of his seat. Man of God, can I get your picture selfie? You know, when you man out of the gun, I know. His children would be with him too. Why? I mean, because the guy's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Right? Yeah, y'all, okay, y'all just, y'all ain't fun. Y'all ain't fun this morning, man. Y'all serious. Quit being the wooden Indian. Nothing if you're Indian, please. I didn't mean that to offend you or anything. You know, you got to be careful these days. But you know, it's like if someone, if Drew Brees walked in the room, you know, breathe, baby, breathe. Drew, y'all better win some games, baby. There's honor because he's got that big old ring, says Super Bowl champions. But that fades. That's a championship that's going to, it's just a memory. But you know what? One day we're going to walk down an aisle before a king. And he's called the king of kings. 
and we're going to walk in there. And it's, we, we get to experience the love, the forgiveness, and the grace of God. But one day we're going to walk in the fear of God. Because one day if you make it there, we know that the judgment seat is there as well. That we give account. And so we, people don't like talking about that. Hello? I remember when I was going to go get a spanking from my daddy. Brother, I mean, my brother, I mean, he was funny. My dad was a football coach, so he knew how to spank. All right, all right. He looked at me. My real name's Howard. That's Howard Jr. Howard, you first. You're the oldest. And he go, grab your ankle. <laughs> and then he would just waka, waka, waka. Okay? Then the show began. My brother was getting his. I mean, my brother was animated. He go, Daddy. Daddy, how many, daddy, no, daddy, 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 please, daddy, 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 please don't. I mean, I'm over there going, he's like, daddy, daddy. He, and I remember my, brother, my dad grab your ankle, son. He goes, daddy, daddy, don't, don't, daddy, daddy, please, daddy, don't, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he goes, no, son, grab your ankle, daddy, daddy. And he, he goes, and he, my dad, would, I remember one time my dad went like this and he went, ah, you know. He goes, get back here, boy, I didn't even hit you. But the one thing I love about my dad, and, I, and I've done it with all my children when I've disciplined them. The way I discipline my children is, I, I believe it's biblically based. I'll tell them, I say, well, hey, first of all, you got to confess what, why we're here. <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> no, why are you here? <laughs> I forgot. Well, do I need to remind you before we get there? <laughs> I lied. What did you lie about? I told whatever, you know. And if they can't confess it, you spank them. Now, what are you here for? I lied. And I go, all right, look, I don't want to be doing this, but you know, if you lie, it's not a good thing. It breaks God's heart, breaks my heart. And God wants you to share, you know, God wants you to stand and be truthful about things. And you spank them. And, and when we get spanking, I don't talk about, listen, I don't get spanking. I give whoopings. They cry, okay? Even cute little Livy. And then, then after that, I grab them and I go, we done with this? Yeah. And I go, why did you get, why did you get it? Because I lied. And we're not going to do this again, are we? No way. And I just look at him. I love you. And I don't want to do this again. And I hug him. And I have them pray, then I pray over them. And I said, all right, go play. Because, see, I've done this with Kugit. I've done this with a book cards. A D, you're punished for six weeks. And, like, my wife goes, my gosh, did your parents do that to you? No. Why are you doing that to them? I don't know. Yeah, how many of you ever had the inner jerk live inside of you? How many of you know we all got an inner jerk? Just two of you? Okay, I'm praying for the rest of you. Y'all pray for me. So, why are you saying all that? Because let me, let me just say this. If you want your children to learn about honor and respect, you have to teach it to them. And when wrong comes around, you got to tell them what's wrong and you got to tell them what's right. You know what's wrong with our country? We don't, we're scared to tell people what's right and wrong. We've thrown out the laws in our country and then whatever feels good. You understand what I'm saying? And the last thing is, not only do you need to grow in wisdom, not only do you need to grow in, in statue, and not only do you need to grow in the favor of, with men, but you need to grow in the favor of God. And this is the favor with God. This is one of the most important because you are a spirit that happens to have a body, a soul, and a life. You are a spirit man first. The spirit affects all three, body, soul, and spirit. And so... Most families, let me, let me just say this. Most families put, put those three on the church more than they do in their home. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I want to show you how, how you make God a priority in your home. Is that all right? I want to show you that. Here's how you do it. First of all, look at me. If you have notes, write it down. Make Jesus the Lord of, of, of our home. Make Jesus the Lord of your home. What do you mean, Pastor? However you act and talk like here... You need to do that when you're home. I've seen a few of you coming, driving on the church. You got your kids in the back. I said, get down, quit doing that. Remember that? Oh, there's Pastor Bubba. Hey, Pastor Bubba. All of a sudden, a miracle happened. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
however you, listen, isn't it amazing that you can be, you can be, uh, you can be kind, generous here at church, but at home, you're mean. I mean, I'm talking about, man, this thing is, anyway, that thing is bothering me anyway. It broke on the back of my, I don't know what's happening. Cody, you can pick it. He's not even back there, not even watching me anyway. Men, let me say, however you act at home, that's what you, however you act here, that's what you need to act at home. Men, this is what you, you need to be the priest of your home. Be the spiritual, what does that mean? That means you're the spiritual leader. That means you're the leader. You lead. What does lead look like? It means you put one foot in the other, and it doesn't make you always, that doesn't make you, that doesn't always make you make right decisions, but at least you're going in a direction. Amen? And if your wife is there to be your helpmate, not to be your nagmate, to be your helpmate. Okay? All right? Fix the door. Don't wait 10 weeks. Okay? But what I'm saying is in leadership, I'm talking about spiritually, how you lead your family, decisions that are made. Like, you know, hey, everybody else is going to be, but not in our house. We're not, we, we don't do that. We don't watch that program in our house. There are TV programs we just don't, I don't allow my kids to watch. We don't watch. We don't even go there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I just have to make a statement. That's not being a priest, but men are the priests. How do you do that? You put God first. That's when you go, as a man, you go, you know what? God doesn't want us to be doing that. And I'm not going to honor God. And because I'm honoring God, you're going to honor God. And one day you'll have your own place, and you're going to have to make your own decision, but you're going to have to watch how I do them. Because, see, listen, most of the time kids don't do what you, they don't do what you say. They do, they do what they see. Amen? Amen? You see, how do you put God first? I'm going to hurt some people, but I'm just going to do it. We don't do soccer and baseball on Sundays. We do church at my family. Well, you're a pastor. Yeah, before I was a pastor, we did church on Sundays. If you go to the men's bathroom, none of those animals were killed on a Sunday morning. And women, what is he talking about? If there's no men in the bathroom, you can go to get, take a tour. <laughs> there are dead animals that are stuffed in the men's bathroom that, that weren't killed on a Sunday. I don't know anybody here that has LSU or any major college knocking on the door to be a, a professional baseball player or a professional soccer player in this house. Now, I'm not against those things. But I believe this. I believe, you know what? It's more important that I honor God and I make decisions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, Joshua said this. Listen, this is a great scripture, and you know this scripture. It's on doors that I used to visit. Some choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. What does that mean? And you know, as a man of God, I'm going, hey, I'm serving God around here. What does that look i got to show them my love for God. When I go through things, parents, you have to show them how to love God. I want my kids to love God. I want my kids to love me. I want my kids to love my wife, Tracy. And I want them to love the church. But see, Proverbs says, reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place and refuge and security. You know what I love? I love our church has been growing. And the thing that I love is when people come and they get to know the Lord as couples, and they, they, they say, you know, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to honor God. And you see them. Their life totally gets turned around. And then you watch their kids. And their kids' lives begin to get turned around. Their kids begin. Because what happened? All of a sudden, their parents were like a cork just bobbing on the waves, going wherever the wave was. Now they're like a ship going in the harbor going, hey, man, we're going to the house of God. We're going to serve God. We're going to do this. We're going to honor God around here. We don't care what so-and-so says. You ain't playing with them. We're going to honor God. We're not, what, what, they're watching that? We don't watch that around here. Yeah, buddy, you know, I don't care. Well, that's mean. No, it's not. It's standing up. See, what we need is, look at me, I'll tell you, we need people that have a backbone like a crowbar. When the winds of adversity come, you're standing. Amen? Amen. See, Corinthians says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Your kids are going to love God to the degree that you love God. Can I just say that? Be like Jesus in every situation. I, listen, I want you to think it's perfect at the McCann house. Can I just, can I just be brutally honest with you? It's not hadn't always been perfect. I mean, you got five boys and a girl? My gosh. 
We've had moments that it was real difficult. Where we've had to pray and fast and believe for our children. But by the grace of God, we're on the other side. And some were still praying and believing that, that, that somehow they'll get it. We pray for situations and circumstances in their lives. You know what that looks like? People. That's what situations are. And you know, sometimes when I wasn't saved, and I remember my grandmother praying for me, and it was like people would talk to me like I had a billboard on my forehead. How many of you been Christians long and you get someone and, and they're like they're talking to you and it's like they're telling you everything you're going through and it's like they're reading the billboard off your forehead. It's a flash. Beep, beep, beep. Like, you know, news programs, you know, difficult times. Alert, alert, you know. That's God because he loves you. See, I just say this. When all hell breaks loose in my house, and it does sometimes, it's my opportunity to show my kids what God is like. Are you hearing me? I remember when my father took his life. I remember that moment. It was hard. I had people in my family doing, you know, they were getting shots with drugs and all this stuff. And I just, you know what I did? I went to the Lord. And I poured out my heart and I cried. God strengthened me and gave me the ability that I needed to walk through that very difficult moment. When I found out that I had cancer, been walking and fighting that for almost five years now. The first thing I did was drop to my knees. Because guess what? My kids are watching how I live my life. You're watching how I live my life. You're watching Josh and Lindsay, how they walk. You watch Tracy, how she walks. Are you, are you hearing me? Why? Because we're spiritual authority. We're pastors. The city watches how we do. People watch me at Walmart. I can't lose my temper at Walmart. I can't go to CVS. The other day I went to CVS and was someone there standing behind the screen. And she, she goes, happy birthday, Pastor Bubba. And then little did I know my wife had talked to this precious girl for 30 minutes like a couple weeks before. And invited her to church. She came to church. God touched her life. And she's going through next step. Praise God. But... If I lose it, can I tell you something? Guess what happened? You know what the word around town is? Man, you know, Pastor Bubba, he acts all cool. But we know who he is at the register. Hey, do your kids know who you are at the register? Can I just make a confession? I, I feel it coming on. I got to confess. I'm one of these kind of guys, when I go to a restaurant, I like my food hot. You want to talk about it? And this drives my wife and my kids crazy. I mean, I'm just going like, to. And like, if I, get hot, if I get French fries that are cold, I bring them back. Okay? And they, like, they'll be going, no. I go, they're not hot. Taste them. No, don't. don't and I remember my kids, dad, don't, please. <laughs> don't embarrass. How am I embarrassed? I want hot fries. How many I'm talking about? I, I would just, I would, you got people raising their hand. Like, I know, I'll go get them. But you know what? My attitude wasn't always right. Because you know what happened in me? I let the cold fries get into my heart. Hey, I'm making confession. I'm just hoping you're listening. And that affected my attitude toward the little girl that was walking behind, standing behind the register. She wasn't even the French fry boy or the girl. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't the part. They, just, they were just doing their job. They didn't know if they were hot or cold. They're just trying to get it to you, all right, with a smile on their face because they're trained. And they're, saying, they're supposed to say, my pleasure. It's an opportunity. Look at me, parents. God wants you to grow in wisdom. That's not just as a parent. That's all of us as a Christian. Amen? God wants us to grow in stature. God wants us to grow with favor, with God, and with man. And see, I know this. God, Jesus loves you. He's a good, good father. He treats us with grace and truth. Amen? And sometimes we don't like the truth. Because sometimes truth stings. Amen? You know, man, I, man, I, you know, I've, I've seen ladies go, man, you know, I just, man, these jeans, they're just getting too small. I don't think jeans are getting too small. You mean he changed sizes, honey. 
I've seen men like, man, I had this suit. Every time I bring it to the dry cleaner, it gets smaller. No, it hadn't gotten smaller. You know, the, the reality is for all of us, God loves you and he treats us with grace and truth. He gives you the ability to do things you couldn't do, but he tells you the truth along the way, and you've got to face the truth, be able to walk in the truth, and to live the truth. Amen? Because I've had people say, you know, Pastor, well, do you know? <laughs> One of my favorite lines when I meet people, I go, well, they'll say something to me, and I'll go, I'm not, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not one of those line pastors. But if you want to meet a few, I know where they live. I'll give you their address. Okay? Because they won't tell the truth. Come on, listen to me. We're living in a day, and I want you to hear me. We're living in a day when people are running from the truth. Can I make a promise to you? We're going to stand on the truth, believe the truth, proclaim the truth, live the truth, try to give you the ability to see the truth lived out. And can I tell you something? That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need his grace. That's why we need, when people walk in here, that we love them and we remember where we were. Are you hearing me? And when they need love, they need a hug, they need hope, they need to have faith to believe. See, today I want to pray for you. I want to pray over you. Can I just pray a blessing over the marriages here this morning? Can I pray a blessing over families? How about over kids? Amen? Listen, if you're a family, if you're a couple, or if you're a family, if you're all right there, just grab hands with your family or if you're a couple or right now. And I just want to pray, and I want you to receive this blessing this morning. You know? And, 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 and if they're not here this morning, you just go, you know, God, I'm believing. They're like they're standing, sitting right next to me. And if you need someone, you say, Lord, Pastor Bub, I'm believing for a husband. That's, you can do that too. I pray God bring you a blessing. And I pray that you won't settle for some old Joe Blow. Amen? I pray God, but that's up to you too, honey. You got to make sure, you know, God, give me a godly man. Amen? Because listen, the way he treats you right now, he's on his best behavior. Okay? But if you see some little things, multiply that by 100, and that's probably what he really like. All right? That's just a little advice from a man. All right? But I'm happily married. Let's pray. Father, right now, just grab that hand. God, I pray a blessing over our families here today. I pray that you would strengthen marriages. I pray that, God, that you would strengthen relationships between parents and kids today. I break the spirit of divorce and conflict. I come against every assignment the enemy would have over families in the physical realm, over sickness, over disease. God, cause there to be a supernatural love as we have chosen to follow you in your way. God, bring healing. We accept your word as our manual of living. God, help us not only to see this word, begin to live this word out, to honor you in all that we do. Father, I pray. I pray for the precious children in this house. I pray that you would just give us wisdom as parents. But Lord, not only wisdom, but God, I pray that you would give those kids faith wherever they go. I pray that God, that somehow as a church, is, that God, we would have, you would give us the hearts of our children. We know that we're only good for one generation. We want to go from not just this generation, but to the next generation. And see you do great and powerful, mighty things in this city, in this area. We just pray this.